Hey guys, I'm Lance. And I'm Kayla. We are the Jaded Roses, and this is our Broken Mirror. Where we dive deep down and take a really good look at ourselves, each other, and everything around us. Let's just hope we don't get any glass lodged somewhere unseemly. So, the next thing we're going to go into is the planets. A disclaimer before we get into the planets. The word planet comes from the Greek word that I don't know how to pronounce. Ooh! Meaning like a wanderer or a traveler. So like, if... You live somewhere where the sky is generally very clear at night. You can go out every night and look, and there are certain stars that, or most stars, do not move in the sky from time. Like, if you go out at the same time every night, Mm -hmm. they don't move. But there are, we won't count the sun and the moon for this, but there will be eight stars, even though you'll only be able to see five of them, because only five can be seen with the naked eye Mm -hmm. on a good day. Yeah. You will see five of them that do move from day to day. Some very slowly, some a little less slowly. So taking those five planets or five moving stars and then adding the sun and the moon gives you the planets in astrology. So we are including the sun and the moon when we discuss planets in an astrological sense. Okay, that's really cool. That was your etymology lesson. I hope you enjoyed (laughs) So we're talking about Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Because of the fact that after Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto move far too slow to count in a traditional manner. Which is why they're into modern, right? Yeah, that's why they're considered modern rulers because we do know they exist and Mm -hmm. they are in our solar system. Mm -hmm. But way back when, before telescopes were invented and people just had to look at the sky with their naked eyes... Mm -hmm you could only see out to Saturn. So Saturn was thought to be the end of our solar system. Oh, okay. For me personally, I know you're still getting to know like all the systems. Uh, So you may feel differently come here in like a few months or whatever. But I do not consider Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto to be rulers of signs because they move far too slowly. They are considered generational planets. Oh. And I do pay attention to like what sign they are in for people, what aspects they make to other planets, which we'll talk about in a much later episode. I just don't consider Scorpio to be ruled by Pluto. I don't consider uh, Pisces to be ruled by Neptune. They just move far too slow. Mm-hmm. Moving aside, we can talk about the significations of the planets and what they mean. So when you say what they mean, do you mean like in the general sense or... As opposed to the specific sense? What? What I mean, uh, I meant something really specific. I forgot how I was going to phrase it though. Because I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it where it kind of makes sense. Does the description of the planet match up to the zodiac sign? Or is this just what the planet gives off in general? So it's, it, yeah, it's more of like what the planet itself is giving off however it will tie into the signs that it commands okay first we have sun so that's talks about self-expression vitality affection creativity self-esteem ego authority oh my god that's a leo (sighs) yeah again tied to leo leo is all about me 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 the sun is me me Mm -hmm. me (laughs) look at me what i'm doing yeah (laughs) uh then we have the moon 
which is associated with the subconscious or unconscious mind, emotions, life cycles, femininity, uh, the general populace as a whole, um, as well as any sort of change and variability. So as we probably all know, the moon goes through different phases. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's associated with a lot of change and variability, as well as the life cycles. It rules the sign of cancer, which is all about emotionality and nurturing things that are in the back of the mind. The moon also rules over things like instincts and your the lizard brain kind of reaction to things like not your not your forebrain and what you choose to do but like that core feeling of like oh i have to do something whatever your body's telling you to do that's the moon Mm -hmm. telling you to do something that's interesting so now we're getting into the actual planets themselves that we're typically associated with our solar system planets that we know as planets (laughs) and i'm going to be comparing this list to uh sailor moon scouts okay (laughs) Because that's the only way I can really think about it, uh, to see if it's actually accurate or not to the planet. So Mercury is about mind, communication, language, intelligence, transport, commerce, language, education. Oh my god, that is Sailor Mercury. So that's accurate. And uh, relating it back to the signs, Mm -hmm. Mercury rules the signs of Virgo and Gemini. Oh! Virgo being very analytical- Gemini being very communicative. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That works very well. And so then we have Venus. So that's harmony, unison, love, art, fashion, beauty, attraction, relationships, games, entertainment. I think this is something, uh, again, Venus is usually associated with women anyways. So it's usually associated with feminine energy. This does match up to Sailor Venus <laughs> in Sailor Moon. But um, it's almost like they were thought out. I know, but I just want to compare because I'm like, maybe they did do this on purpose, but I want to see. <laughs> Venus rules the signs of Libra and Taurus. Taurus being a love of luxury. Oh, okay. And being comfortable. Yeah. Um, as well as being very um, artistic and aesthetic driven. Mm. Libra is all about harmony, relationships. Oh. Seeing to other people. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. So then we have Mars, which is physical energy, initiative, aggression, sex, action, desire, competition, courage, passion. So this was one of the ones ruled for Scorpio. And then I forgot the other one. Aries. Aries, right. Duh. Again, that seems to be matching up to me very well, both for Zodiac and Sailor Moon character. Then for Jupiter, we have optimism, loyalty, justice, luck, abundance, understanding, harmony, kindness, religion, law. So that's for Pisces in the traditional sense. Yeah. Pisces and Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Okay. I was like, I don't remember what the other one is. <laughs> that seems to match up to me so far. Saturn is about stability, restriction, control, tenacity, structure, responsibility, ambition, fear, and maturity. Again, I think that matches very well overall. Saturn is Aquarius and Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah. Um, so the next three, which is Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, are associated with the modern zodiac. So uh, Uranus is eccentricity. Unpredictable changes, rebellion, reformation, unconventionality. So again, that's the modern ruler of uh, Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay, I was about to ask about that. So then Neptune's about dreams, intuition, mysticism, imagination, delusions, and that's for modern Pisces. And then Pluto is transformation, power, death, rebirth, evolution. And then which one's that one? Scorpio. Okay. So yeah, if you choose to, uh, you, Kayla, or you, listener, uh, Mm -hmm. choose to believe in the modern rulerships, that is completely fine and valid as long as, uh, you know, you can back it up 
there's no reason to cling to something that you can't defend. Personally, I couldn't defend it, so I don't get it. (laughs) And the general speeds of the planets, we're not going to talk numbers, at least not in this episode. Mm -hmm. The moon moves the fastest. It is the closest body to us, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That is followed by the sun, Mercury, and Venus, which are all roughly the same. Uh, The sun will move generally about one degree a day, which is how we get the year out of the zodiac and why the dates can fluctuate because there are 360 degrees in a circle Mm. instead of 364 or 365. And Mercury and Venus, because they are between us and the sun... They, uh, we'll talk about this in a much later episode, but they can only be within a certain degree range of the sun and each other. Mm -hmm. They will never be like super far apart from each other. Okay. After that, Mars moves the next slowest, then Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. To not quite close out the episode, but to close out our info dump part of the episode, we're going to talk about something called essential dignities. Uh, Since we've talked about um, the signs of the zodiac and the planets and what energies they tend to represent, what they bring to the table, so to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about how each planet acts within each sign, but with highlights. So in thinking about essential dignities, you have the dignified positions for planets, and this will be different for every planet, but it's where they operate the best. They get to do the most good with what they do. They are the happiest And they will tend not to show themselves in a very negative way in life. The debilitated states are atmospheres that are not very conducive to the planet behaving well. So they will tend to exhibit more negative traits of themselves throughout life. But there are four total states. The two good, quote unquote, good ones, the dignifying states, are that of the rulership or domicile and the one of exaltation. So you can think of the rulership or domicile as the planet's home. So, of course, they can do the best at their own home. Mm -hmm. The exaltation is like the house of a friend or the house of a neighbor that they've known for a very long time and are good friends with. So they will be celebrated. They will be given enough to do what they need and want to do. Uh, The two debilitated states are the detriment, which is the sign opposite of the domicile or rulership in the chart. And the uh, second one is the fall, also called the depression sometimes. And it is the sign opposite the exaltation in the chart. If something is opposing in a chart, they're said to be like a conflict between them Mm, okay they could be like two sides of the same coin uh two ends of the same pole that kind of thing uh to put it in perspective the first sign aries or quote unquote first sign aries is typically all about me getting what i want doing what i want my ambition my desire the sign opposite it is libra which is the sign of others not paying attention to what i want so much as what everybody else wants Okay. So there's a little a little bit of conflict there. So we talked about the rulerships or domiciles earlier. I'll just quickly uh, run through them. Yeah. The sun rules Leo. The moon rules Cancer. Mercury rules both Gemini and Virgo. Venus rules both Taurus and Libra. Mars rules both Aries and Scorpio. And Jupiter rules both Sagittarius and Pisces. And I know I said and before Jupiter, but <laughs> and Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius. 
Okay. So the next thing we'll look at is the exaltation. That's where they kind of do like their second best job. And the exaltations tend to be signs that are considered similar in nature to the domicile or the rulership. And I actually have some blurbs to help us kind of reason our way through why the exaltations are what they are. Oh, yeah. I know that there's a a deeper esoteric meaning Mm -hmm. to all of it, but it's my understanding that it's still very heavily debated why certain signs are considered exaltations. Oh, okay. The sun is exalted in Aries. It's said that Aries's forthright and daring nature fosters the sun's need to shine and proudly express the ego. Oh, okay. The moon is exalted in Taurus, uh, and that's because Taurus's careful, patient, and sensual nature easily accommodates the moon's expression of nurturing and emotion. In fact, the two nurturing signs are considered to be Cancer and Taurus. Oh, okay. Mercury is a very special case, and there's a lot of esoterics behind it. There's a lot of mythological tie-ins with it, but Mercury... (laughs) actually has its exaltation and its fall in signs that it has its rulership and its detriment. Wow. Uh, Mercury is its own downfall is kind of the, the theme here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it rules Gemini and Virgo, but it's exalted in Virgo. So however you want to parse that out, I wouldn't say necessarily that Mercury does super, super good in Virgo compared to Gemini, mm-hmm. but... I guess if anything weird happens in the next thousand years, we'll have a record that at least Mercury was exalted in Virgo, despite ruling it. It's said that Virgo's attention to detail and analytical abilities foster Mercury's need to intellectualize and communicate. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to contemplate in... The meanings here, I I wish we still had like some of the really, really old texts that can explain this, but apparently we only have a few and none of them are like original documentations of it. Of course. Venus, again, rules Taurus and Libra. It is exalted in Pisces and it said that Pisces's romantic and sensitive ways foster Venus's need for beauty and sensuality. Okay. I was just going to say, I do like the fact that the exaltation is pretty much a hype man for the planets. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I know you're not home here, but you fucking do, you yeah, man. Yeah, it's like a really supportive hype man. Yeah, so that's that's one way to, to think about it. Mars, again, rules Aries and Scorpio. It is exalted in Capricorn, and it is said that Capricorn's willingness to struggle with seemingly endless uphill battles fosters Mars's need to exert its will and gain power. So even though Mars is typically a very, like, get-it-done-now mm-hmm. kind of planet, it still does fairly well in Capricorn because Capricorn is all about, yeah, we're doing it. It just It's going to take a little yeah. while. So, you know, we'll just keep chipping away at it. That makes sense. Jupiter rules Sagittarius and Pisces and is exalted in Cancer. And it is said that Cancer's need to care and nurture helps Jupiter's need for boundless growth and expansion. So the nurturer is helping the grower grow. Mm-hmm. That makes whole sense. And Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius. It is exalted in Libra. Oh. And it is said that Libra's need to exhibit polite, considerate behavior while balancing everyone else's needs fosters Saturn's sense of rules and structure. Oh, okay. I guess a way to put it is kind of like, what's what's the word when you're 
like cordiality. You know, you're not letting emotions get the better of you. You're just like, yep, everybody's a person mm-hmm. and they deserve to be treated like a person. And Saturn's like, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That makes total <laughs> sense. I was just, at first I was very curious. I was like, I don't understand how that one's going to work. No, yeah, there are there are a couple of those that I'm like, eh, but I mean, I guess that's what Yeah, like for Saturn, that's where, I, that was my main one where I was like, oh, that's, uh, there you go. <laughs> that's a, that's a thing. Yes. Yeah. So now we'll move on to detriments. Again, detriments are the opposing sign to the rulership or the domicile. Um, And we can actually kind of debate the esoterics of it as well. The sun, which rules Leo, is in detriment in Aquarius. And we can kind of see that because the sun is all about me, as is Leo. Uh, Aquarius is very much about everybody else. This is very interesting. Again, I I think the exaltation is very interesting in the fact that, again, it's like a hype Mm -hmm. man. But um, some of it does and doesn't match up very well. And so it's very interesting. I would love to know why they believe this way works best, I guess. Yeah, I do have one of my books that I need to go back and reread because I I rushed it to get the notes for this done. Actually has like a whole chapter on dignities oh Uh, i need to go back and reread it and it's like based on it's like a translation of a translation oh okay (laughs) not an original source because they did they looked at a bunch of original sources from like traditional greek astrology and wrote a volume on it so the moon which again rules cancer is in detriment in capricorn okay and i think That is because the moon wants to be expressive. And whatever it's doing, it wants to be expressive. And Capricorn does not want that. It wants to be emotional. It wants to be intuitive. It wants to be spiritual. It wants frequent change because that's what the moon is. And Capricorn's all about, nope, we staying on the ground and we doing it slow. So detriment is basically something that kind of like stifles the planet from its usual... Um, needs yeah it's a it's a situation the planet finds itself in that is not too good for it like it can still do some stuff but you know it's like saying i want lasagna for dinner and somebody's like well we got fish like you can still do something with that but it's not going to be lasagna i mean it makes sense is the fact that that's so exaltation is like the hype man detriment is the thing that stifles the planet so mercury Again, rules Gemini and Virgo, so it actually has two detriments, uh, Sagittarius and Pisces. Mercury's all about parsing. It's about wanting to understand. It's about not so much cutting in like a Martian way, but it wants to dissect to understand. And Sagittarius wants to understand, but they only want to understand big things. They have a hard time focusing in on little images because they just want to see the big picture. So that one kind of makes sense. Yeah. Venus rules Taurus and Libra. So its detriments are Scorpio and Aries. Oh, okay. Which, interestingly enough, are the two signs ruled Mars. by Mars. So that makes a lot of sense because Venus, again, is all about like the communication, the relationships. And Scorpio and Aries are not great at those. Scorpio is about diving deep. It's about change. It wants to bring about change, whatever that is. And Aries just wants things done. It doesn't care about how it looks. It just wants things done and done fast. And Venus is like, whoa, let's take our time. Let's let's figure this shit out, man. Take our time, man. Sorry, I just, the fact that you said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. very A very Pisces thing to say. Yes. 
Speaking of Pisces, hopping back up to Mercury really quick. Mercury's detriments are the two signs that Jupiter rules. So we have the study of the small and the big picture in conflict as well. This is so weird. Like, as a concept, I guess, to me. But it makes sense. It's just like, wow, you never really think about this, I guess. I mean, you hear about it. Like, I've heard about these mm-hmm. things when I've talked, when I've watched tarot videos, uh, specifically for your sign. I've heard about this, but I've never really sat down and tried to understand what they were talking about. And it's a lot to do all at once. Yeah. So it's probably not happening during recording, but, you know, yeah. we can hang out after and... I think so far, to me, the exaltation was very easy to understand because, again, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. Again, I think it's the detriment where I'm just like kind of, I'm not clicking it as well for some reason. In an esoteric sense, Mm -hmm. I can can see where the problem lies. But if you literally like look at a chart, you can trace it because it's literally the sign opposite. Oh. So as long as, as long as the rulerships and the exaltations make sense and you can remember those, you will never have to remember a fall or detriment. You can literally trace a line across. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. I forget that you actually did draw out your charts already. So that makes sense why you know this. And there's actually a shorthand for the rulerships as well that I didn't realize until after I hard memorized all the rulerships, but we'll get to that later. In the bottom half-ish, we have Mars, which rules Aries and Scorpio again, has its detriments in Libra and Taurus, the two signs ruled by Venus, so symmetry there. Jupiter rules Sagittarius and Pisces, has its detriments in Gemini and Virgo, so link up there because Mercury's detriments are in Jupiter's signs. The last set of detriments, we have uh, Saturn which rules Capricorn and Aquarius, putting its detriments in Cancer and Leo, which are the two signs ruled by the luminaries. So Saturn is opposite of the light. Esoterically, the Saturn one makes sense because Saturn was seen as the end of the solar system. So that's where the dark started. Okay. Okay. That makes a little more sense to me now that you said like that. So the last category uh, to talk about, and then we'll start wrapping up the episode, (laughs) are fall or depression signs. Uh, So these signs will be the ones opposite the exaltation. Remember, the exaltation is the celebratory. It's it's the hype man. So the fall or depression is kind of like, I think of the phrase, pride cometh before the fall. So in exaltation, they have a lot of pride, and then they just kind of... The fall or, de- or fall or depression is said to be the, quote, worst sign Oh, for a planet. So it's worse than the detriment, which is kind of like muffling the planet. Oh, yeah, but fall or depression mm-hmm. is like very debilitated. Oh, OK. So and we can definitely see this in the esoteric discussion of it. Okay. So the sun, which again rules Leo, is in its fall in Libra, which is literally the sign of harmony and other people, not the self. Is the fall and depression more so linked with the rulership and the exaltation is like connected to the detriment? It's actually the other way. So the detriment is the sign opposite the rulership. Oh, okay. So instead of the high man of exaltation, this is literally dealer coming to get the money you owe them. That's one way to look at it. I uh, I tend to think of it as, uh, again, the rulership is their house. Yeah. The exaltation is a good friend's house. So they're like... You know, they get kind of full of themselves, you know? The house across the street from your house mm-hmm. is not your house, but, you know, you're still close to your house. Oh, okay. That's a good way to think about it. And then the fall or depression is like, oh, that friend that was literally lifting you up and filling yourself with air has now just, like, fucking left. 
And not only did you fall from your house to the detriment, but you fell straight through oh. because you were higher up. So you fell straight through into depression. <laughs> oh, okay. See, that makes a lot more sense looking at all this. Like, understanding how they're connected is making so much more sense to me now. I was like, I don't understand how this is working. But this is now making, like, tons of sense to me. But um, it does get a little muddled okay. in the esoteric fashion, specifically for this next one, because the moon, which rules Cancer, is in its fall in Scorpio. I think that makes sense. Do you not? So the reason I feel like it doesn't quite make sense okay. is because Scorpio is a water sign. The only part of it that makes sense is because it's the water sign ruled by Mars, which the moon does not get along with. I think that's why I was thinking it makes sense. It's because of the fact that those characteristics associated with Scorpio would not do well in a moon, in the moon. So the moon... Thank you. <laughs> so the moon being with Scorpio, it's, it's just to me doesn't sign off like a good thing. So to me, that makes sense. Right. Because again, like even though it's a water sign, I think the characteristics of Scorpio does not work well for a moon. Yeah. It's a very much a, a logical divisive sign, mm -hmm. whereas the moon just doesn't. It likes unity and emotionality. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo, uh, and its fall is in Pisces, which is actually one of its detriments. I think that makes sense, too, because Pisces are very yeah, emotional. Because Pisces tend to be flighty. Yeah. And they tend to be very, like, detached. And... I think they're more emotional, too, because, like, they are idealistic, yeah. and I do think they're more emotionally tied. So going into Mercury, which is more about like factual based on intelligence and moving forward like that i i don't think it's a good mix so to me that makes sense right and one of the biggest keywords for pisces mm -hmm. is dreamy which mercury yes like. so true okay that makes so much more sense tell you what one good explanation from you <laughs> we circled back around and i'm understanding everything now <laughs> <laughs> venus rules taurus and libra mm -hmm. its fall is in virgo Virgo's all about being analytical, yeah. being critical, mm -hmm. and Venus is neither of those yeah. things. So that makes a lot of sense, too. Mars is the next big one, mm -hmm. rules Aries and Scorpio. This is always going to be the quintessential example when I explain falls and detriments, or falls and depressions to people. Uh, it is in its fall in Cancer. That makes total sense. To this one, because Mars wants to cut. It wants to be aggressive. It wants to be very direct. And Cancer is just like, I don't know. Here's some water. Here's a mother. Here's the moon. <laughs> I don't know what Here's you want. the moon. <laughs> what do you want from me? The entire fucking moon. What do you want? <laughs> Jupiter mm -hmm. rules Sagittarius and Pisces and is in its fall in Capricorn. Oh. So Jupiter's all about expansion and bigness and moreness and capricorn's very reserved mm, and it's like no okay less we go slow oh okay this kind of makes sense i know we're almost done with the list but this also makes sense when you think about it in terms of like kind of like friendships in a way if you think about the friendship in the way of you know when you talk about their ruling versus when they're in their fall i think that could explain some friendship stuff too honestly looking at it so, like, I have a, co a co-worker who is an Aries, mm -hmm. and I love her to death, but she is my punching bag at work. I was going to say, I think the person I fall with most was a Sagittarius, like, outside my own family. Right, but that's, that's to be expected. Yeah. We, like, 
we fight in like a brother sister mm-hmm. kind of way and she's actually told me multiple times that i remind her of her brother oh and sometimes she instigates it like the only time i have truly like had a meltdown at a co-worker at mm-hmm. work was her really she poked me when i needn't be poked oh and I exploded. I was going to say, you cannot be touched if you're in a certain mood. Like, yeah, you- it had been a really bad day. Yeah. And she was like rushing to try and leave because her shift was almost over. Mm-hmm. And we were in the middle of the five o'clock rush. I had like, I think, 100 prescriptions to fill, which Ooh. is unheard of at a five o'clock rush for us. And she just pokes her head around the corner and was like, did you want to take out the trash? Oh my God. No one, no one that we're fucking busy. And I was just like... When do I have time right now? I was gonna say you asked that after the rush. That's when you right. asked to do that. Like, hey, before you leave, or hey, after you know this calms down, could you take out the trash? Like, I was like, what do you like me to not do? Would you like me to not fill prescriptions? No, you want me to take out the fucking trash right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Coming coming with that. Yeah. The final. A fall that we will talk about and that exists according to my brain mm-hmm. is Saturn, which rules Capricorn and Aquarius mm-hmm. and is in its fall in Aries, which Aries is all about direct action, getting it done quick. And yeah. Reserved, restricted. No, we do it slow. Yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense. And the final point that I would like to make before we start, you know, really, really wrapping up this episode mm-hmm. is a note on uh, retrograde planets. Okay. Of all 10 planets, that includes the sun and the moon, mm-hmm. um, every single one, except for the luminaries, the sun and the moon, will experience what's called retrograde at some point. And it has to do with the relationship between the Earth, the sun, and that planet. In the sky, if you watch it in the sky... Mm-hmm. When it's uh, what's considered in direct movement and when it's in retrograde movement, it will seem to move backwards. Oh. The apparent motion is backwards when it's in retrograde. Uh, of course, that does not actually happen. Mm-hmm. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> the planets move in the same direction, maybe with a bit of vertical tilt in one direction or another, but they do not stop and change direction ever. It's just due to the vantage point that we have on Earth, it looks like over time they're moving backwards. Oh, okay. The generational planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, spend most of their time in retrograde. Saturn and Jupiter will spend a fair amount of time in retrograde. I don't know how often Mars goes into retrograde, but I know Venus will typically go into retrograde roughly once a year, mm-hmm. and Mercury goes into retrograde roughly three times a year for roughly three weeks at a time. Oh, I didn't know it was that long. You may have, if you are friends with anybody who's roughly into astrology, you will hear them freak out about Mercury retrogrades. Oh, yeah. Because Mercury is the planet of intellectualization, communication, travel. Uh, so it tends to bring a lot of problems mm-hmm. dealing with travel, work, miscommunications, not being able to communicate unclear thoughts i was lucky enough to survive the mercury retrograde this last one uh, except we did have one day where the phones just completely went out at work oh wow <laughs> so that's a thing uh, it happens every now and then um in general when you see a planet is in retrograde mm-hmm. 
the expression of that planet is uh, probably a little repressed because it is in apparent backwards motion, or it could be blocked entirely if it if it also happens to be like in its detriment or its fall. Like there could be uh, a little bit of work that needs to be put in to get that planet to express itself, or mm-hmm. there could be an enormous amount of work. So to close out the episode, we figured we'd do a brief walkthrough of our charts, not doing any like delineations really just talking about our placements and maybe what kind of impact that's had on our lives Mm. so for me uh, i actually have two dominating elements i have equal placements in water and earth and for clarification not only do i personally count the planets i also count the four angles which we'll get into in the next episode Uh, And I have the same number of placements in air and fire. Um, They are just so much lower than my water and earth placements. Really? I thought you would have more fire, honestly. Nope. I have no drive. (laughs) That's a different topic for a different day. (laughs) That's for therapy. Like I said, I did your placements earlier. So what is your dominating element? Fire, apparently. It says... And they are quickly followed... By earth... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I'm looking at the dominating polarity too. Yes, so because of the polarities being tied to elements so tightly. Oh. Like since most of my placements are in water and earth, there's no way for me to escape. I am mostly yin energy. Wow, okay. So you have so much fire that it kind of outweighs everything else. Because you have a midheaven and Aries... Ascendant is Leo, mm-hmm. and then three planets in Sagittarius. Oh, but... I forget Sagittarius is fire. I totally just forgot that. <laughs> I really did. I just was like, how did I get so much fire in Sagittarius? Wow. But you're actually balanced out. You have equal placements between earth and air. It's water that you don't really have. Yeah, I have like no water. So your descendant is in Aquarius along with your moon and Saturn and your nadir which is opposite the midheaven is in Libra. Wow. But that gives you a very yang presence which yeah. makes sense considering you have been described as very masculinish. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm kind of shocked, though, because, like, I mean, again, I don't really see myself as in the typical masculine traits of, like, intimidating. I don't see that in myself at all. So I'm kind of, I mean, it's apparently very there. It was in my chart, too, telling me <laughs> that it's there. Apparently it's just there, and I'm not accepting it. My dominating modality is cardinal. All of my angles are in cardinal signs. I have my sun and Venus in Cancer and my Neptune and Uranus in Capricorn. Okay. Wow. Okay. Because mine's uh, cardinal is the most prominent and fixed and mutable is like non-existent. Yeah. You have. Yeah. I have like one, which is just like the water. I have like one. Well, no, you have four. I have four water? No, you have four um, mutable. Oh, mutable. Okay. What's that say? Because Sagittarius is mutable. Oh. As well as Virgo. All right. You're just not giving Sagittarius any love. No, I'm not, apparently. No wonder you don't get along with them. But yeah, so I'm mostly cardinal, so I tend to prefer to initiate action. I'm very goal-driven, Yeah. even though I lack the passion of fire. So because you are equally cardinal and fixed, you will tend to actually like to initiate and finish things. Yeah. You'll, you'll prefer to continue the course and see it through. Yeah, I do do that. Yeah. 
So yeah, I figured unless you have any specific things in your chart that you'd like to talk about, I could talk about some interesting things in mine, a few placements that I like really like or that give me some trouble when I look at them. Yeah. Uh, but mostly I figured we could focus on our the planets that are in dignities, uh, either dignified or debilitated okay. in our charts and like how they tend to manifest. Okay. I guess the first thing... Mm-hmm. I'll mention, since I've mentioned it 15 bajillion times on this episode, Love it. is my Scorpio moon. Yes, you have mentioned your Scorpio moon. Which is in its fall. Oh. So I'm not going to get too much into houses discussion because that's next episode. But there is a very deep rut when it comes to emotions. Whatever I'm feeling, I feel it extremely deeply. You do. And as such, I am very protective of my emotions. The Scorpio moon in me wants to be accepting and open to things but like a scorpion i have a stinger and i might not be very quick to use it Mm -hmm. but if i feel threatened it's getting used okay so you started out with talk about your moon so i guess i should talk about my moon if you would like yes it's an interesting placement I'm trying to find it right now. I'm kind of... Oh, I see it. I was like, kind of blind. <laughs> oh, I see it. Well, like, for some reason, my brain said, let's look on the left, which is false. Everything's <laughs> in the right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure it's not in the barren wasteland. Because I always go there to check, like, if I'm doing anything, I check where the least amount of stuff is, and then I'm like, okay, now I gotta sit and actually shift through sure, shit. No, no, I have to do work now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now I have to do actual work. So my moon is... Aquarius and it's in the seventh house. Ooh, we'll get in the houses next episode because baby, I got thought. <laughs> I'm so excited. Do you have, before I give uh-huh. my thoughts, because I have thoughts, do you have any thoughts about your Aquarian moon? My Aquarian moon? Not really. I mean, I don't, I, I guess I don't really see a lot of Aquarius in me. Oh, well, no, I'm looking at it now and they're talkative. Literally been told I could talk to a wall for hours so never mind (laughs) i would attribute talking more to mercury so when i see the moon in aquarius Mm -hmm. uh, aquarians are known for being emotionally distant (laughs) so having your moon in aquarius i feel like that is arm's length (laughs) i will help you i care about you but no (laughs) don't come fucking near me (laughs) right I love you, I care about you, but I cannot talk about me or let you near me. Thanks! From a distance. (laughs) From a distance. Oh, that's so funny. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And then you're like, no, you're at it. I was like, oh, well, fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. (laughs) The next two we actually have in common, so we can kind of double team. Uh, We both have Saturn in Aquarius, which is its rulership, and we both have Jupiter in Virgo, which is its detriment. Oh, wow. So Saturn and its rulership, it's going to behave fairly well. It likes where it is. Mm-hmm. There is a certain restriction, a certain limitation put on with an Aquarian flavor. We'll also talk about uh, in a much later episode how your moon and Saturn are basically in the same spot. I was looking at that, yeah, actually. <laughs> that comes later. Okay. But um, I was very Saturn and Aquarius... I see that as there are lessons to be learned in the area dealing with caring for others as well as the self. Ew. Whatever that balance is for me, it might be that I need to look more at myself 
mm-hmm. and less at others. I think you may have learned that lesson a bit earlier in life mm-hmm. than I uh, eventually will. Yeah. And when I see the Jupiter in Virgo and its detriment, I see a struggle between... Basically, I see a struggle between seeing the forest and seeing the trees. Oh. You you want to see the big picture, but Virgo says, no, we need to pay attention to the details. That's, you don't understand how much of a read that is, because I've had that, <laughs> I've had conversations about this at work, because I am so detail-oriented, and, like, you get it. Organic needs to be detail-oriented in the sense of, like, oh, yeah. you know, safety and stuff, but, like, anything else, like, I mean, when you do organic reactions, you can just toss a lot of shit in there, and it'll be robust. So, like, I, I do have a tendency to focus on a lot of the little stuff and not think about the big picture. So that is a... For sure thing about myself, I know. I also see uh, Jupiter is the planet of expansion, the planet of more. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot that. And with Virgo being the sign of detail mm-hmm. and meticulousness, the nitpicky side definitely comes out. The The critical side, the, the self-critical especially, but it could also be reflected onto others but i think your virgo is your second house so it's probably mm-hmm. more inwardly reflected as well yeah i think so very critical of ourselves yeah. which we knew when Macaria night it we knew that <laughs> that's all it takes that's all it took so i actually have one more planet in a dignity okay. than you do mine is literally all in the second quadrant <laughs> so <All right. laughs> so i actually have mars in taurus which is its detriment okay the Torresians are patient that's their like hallmark they don't rush to anything mars is all about mm-hmm. rushing <laughs> and aggression mm-hmm. <laughs> so that uh having a mars in taurus tends to make me slow to anger um however being a fixed sign mm-hmm. once i'm there You're there get the fuck mm-hmm. out of my way i agree with that we skipped over one of yours so we can actually double bang you oh. um <laughs> so okay hey <laughs> i just mentioned my mars so you can feel free to mention where your mars is but your mars is also near another planet that's in a dignity yeah so my mars is sagittarius oh is it mercury yeah mercury is sagittarius sorry i was looking at the wrong side i again neglected no, the good. second quadrants <laughs> again <laughs> i don't want to do work. i don't want to do work <laughs> so you have both mercury and Mars in Sagittarius. Yeah. Ooh, wee boy, howdy. <laughs> Do you have feelings on this? <laughs> I have to collect them. Okay, first. collect, collect. I'm excited to hear it. While I'm collecting, uh-huh. do you have thoughts on it, knowing what Sagittarius is about and what archetypes Mercury and Mars represent? I will say for Sagittarius, like I know Mar- Mercury represents, uh, you know, intelligence and all that kind of stuff. I'm struggling to figure out because like I would think Sagittarius wouldn't be a detrimental because of the fact that they are intellectual. But I mean, it's clearly there. They're a detriment for Mercury. But is it because of the fact that they are more about freedom than anything? Yeah, so my, my thinking, yeah. particularly for Mercury, is if you had to pick three words, three key words for Mercury, mm-hmm. what would you pick? Probably smart, mm-hmm. education, and then communication, most likely. So you, you hit the big one, kind of. Which one? I, w- I would actually combine smart and Okay, education. see, that's what I was going to ask about, too. I was like, I don't know if that counts as two separate, but... The expansive mind. Yeah. The wanting to understand. Communication, but also just thinking in general 
So you have Sagittarius, mm-hmm. which is about freedom. Yeah. Whether that be physical, mm-hmm. spiritual, or mental. Oh. Or verbal. So what I see particularly <laughs> with Mars right there mm-hmm. is a tendency to say what's on your mind and not care. Oh, wow. That was a for sure call out to me. Like, I know you have a propensity to do that, but that is literally <laughs> what I see there. The because a negative trait of Sagittarius, uh, um, they want they want to talk, they want to share what they have to say. Yeah. But one of their negative traits by themselves uh, is that they can share too much. They can oh my tend to not think about what they're saying. Yeah. With Mercury and detriment, the propensity or the tendency to not really think about what's coming out the mouth is strong. And then with Mars, that's very direct. You're just like that's how it is. Oh shit, I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh my god, yeah, that's me. I'm both of those. Wow. I do both those things so hard, like, all the time. <laughs> but to be fair, I'm usually right. <laughs> that's probably somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in this chart. Because <laughs> you're not wrong about that. You are usually right. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been there when I've gotten into these fights. And it's because oh, I'm usually right. <laughs> But yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention yeah. is we're just basically going to talk about all of my inner planets. Okay. Both my sun and Venus are in Cancer. Oh. And they are so close together that uh, Venus is considered to be combust. What does that mean? That means that it's usually a sphere. It's an orb. It's usually an orb or a distance from the sun mm-hmm. that's about 10 degrees. And if a planet is within that orb, basically you could not see it in the sky that day. Oh. Because it was too close to the sun. Okay. So when a planet is combust, it said that the ego tends to override whatever is combust. So my Venus represents my my love, my harmony, my want for unison, mm-hmm. my drive to connect. But that can be overridden by my ego. Oh is a fun thing to think about being in the the sign of the mother (laughs) well i mean if anything i think this has also shown people you know what's wrong with us yeah but i think it's a good starting point to just be like oh that's why you know this didn't work oh this is why they're an asshole well not so much an asshole (laughs) you personality is a different thing but i mean more so like we we are too though yes we are too but i more so meant like the fact that um when you were like saying um you say things without thinking and, you know, you're just flipped with it. And then you say things and you don't care how it, <laughs> how it's received. You know it's right. So you're going to say it. <laughs> you know, I've never been uh, read like that in my life. So <laughs> you want to do a whole reading. So I know <laughs> we're probably going to have to do each of our readings as separate episodes. Probably. So I think it's a good entry level understanding. And again, we didn't go over every single notch and like explain how it relates to all of us and everything. That's for a different episode. Well, that's probably for the next 15 episodes. I was going to say. The way this is shaping up. Yeah, I was going to say, we are literally, um, we already are talking about having an episode where we just read each other's charts and analyze it and call each other out, basically. (laughs) So, you know. (laughs) We'll call it the astrological read. Oh my God, yes. I love that. I do. I would love to do that. So that's the end of the astrology part one episode. You know, uh, look into your chart. 
look into your astrology, uh, contact Lance. His link to his business will be in the description. Give him a call if you want to get reading done. And then make sure you take care of your vaginal being. Definitely that last part. But also, don't call me. That's what purpose. I did not put my phone Oh, sorry. Don't yeah, call so, me. no. But contact, contact me. Him. Definitely do sorry. that. <laughs> Again, the uh, handles, they'll be in the uh, show notes. But the handles for all three websites, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, are House8Tarot. Definitely hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I think we both thoroughly enjoyed recording it. You can always email us at jadedrosespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at jadedrosespodcast and on Twitter at jadedroses with an underscore at the end of it. On the Twitter page, you'll also find our individual Twitter handles so you can follow us individually. Like I said, we really enjoyed this episode. Uh, Feel free to reach out, uh, especially if you know you look into your charts or if we helped you find a resource that you really like you know whatever the case may be please feel free to reach out and there's another bit that i forgot so i'm gonna go to the outro yeah Yeah, there was something before that i wanted to say but i don't remember yes we are pretty we are thorny and we are very much over this bullshit stay thorny y'all bye